So welcome back. Um so I think today I'm gonna talk a bit about this topic of prayer. Um just mainly because I'm starting to get back into it. And it's kind of one of those things, you know. I've I'd say for my own self. I've almost had, I've almost always had, like, a pretty difficult time praying. Um, but even when, when I was a kid, even, for, like, a teen, you know, for, like, I don't know, I want to say years, I didn't have too much of an issue with, like, reading the Bible. I was able to just kind of read the Bible, um, almost every night, you know, I'd, I'd read it, I'd study it, and on Sabbath, I'd study even more. And I do a whole like Friday night thing and I really valued that time. And then, you know, Saturday too, like after church and stuff before, probably sometime before Genesis and before other stuff like that, before grad school and all that, I um, <clears throat> used to participate, you know, well, I used to like keep the Sabbath and, and, you know, I, I always struggled praying and I think it's hard for me to pray at night like right before bed but that seems to be the time when I'm likely to pray same with maybe in the morning like when I first wake up because I don't really have the energy there I think this is the only year that I can recall where um like 2021 and or even end of 2020 like during the middle of the day you know I had some sermons on from um um I had some sermons on and you know I was doing that during work and like doing communion during work and things like that and I'd say since I started this new job so I think my start date was May 27th of 2020 since I began this new job um I basically noticed that the job um, is less stress, and, you know, the first, the first job I ever had was pretty stressful, because, you know, I was working at, like, an, it was technically considered almost like an outpatient crisis center, and so, to have that as my starting point, and, like, having a job where it's like, well, I can't, it's not going to get much harder than that, so, but, you know, it really did impact me. Like, I feel like, I feel like it aged me. It kind of made me easily overwhelmed. I get anxiety. I get, um, you know, I've had, I've had like some months now though. Um, we're going on what, like nine months or so that I've been out of this, that job. And, um, and, um, I can't count. Wait. No, it's not nine months, <laughs> is it? Let me see, it's like six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, nine months would be like the end of this month. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's just, I'm noticing that I'm kind of like less stressed. 
Um, but there are some themes that I noticed that I kind of always struggled with. Like I was saying, like prayer was always something that was always hard for me um, to do. Even when I was a kid, I was able to kind of read the Bible, study about Hebrew and like Jewish culture and like that kind of stuff. I never really had much of an issue going to church, sitting through church. I found it interesting, the learning part. Um, you know, I got involved in like teaching lessons uh, in Sabbath school and like uh, during like Vespers and stuff like that, too. Like I, I was pretty involved and I liked it. You know, I liked that I got to learn about all this stuff that it was like you can never really fully know the end or the answer to things. But I'd say 2020-ish, maybe 2020 and 2021, I'm I'm tampering with things more. Like, that's probably the first time that I've started to try to apply things more practically. And I don't mean like, okay, read a passage and try to apply it in my life like that, but more like on the spiritual end, not, I, I feel like before I was more, like, concentrated on, like, the social end of things, um, kind of, like, um, and the intellectual, so social and intellectual, um, but, you know, so I feel like I have a, a good base, a good background, um, I'm not, like, completely, not, not knowledgeable about, you know, scriptures and traditions and, you know, culture and, you know, history and things like that, um, regarding the, the religion of Christianity and other related religions. Um, and I would say that sometime during like maybe grad school, I kind of stopped like practicing Christianity. Um, and it was kind of, it was a conscious decision. I, I just remember, I, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember, I want to say just before that, I remember getting really into astronomy and like reading, I think it was like Astronomy Today or one of those like magazines you could pick up at like Barnes and Noble or whatever. It was an astronomy magazine and I bought one because I was just like, let me just geek out on like stars and the universe and stuff. And something about that, I started reading it and I was like, like this universe is so big that, you know, it kind of, something about it kind of made me question God, like, question, like, the existence of God and everything that I kind of, like, was taught and learned and sought out to kind of, like, educate myself on. I kind of just stopped, like, almost, like, dead in my tracks, just kind of, like, was, like, I don't know if I think this is real anymore, and I just kind of actively remember telling, like, kind of internally telling myself, like, okay, I'm not going to really read the Bible or pray anymore or really, like, go to church too actively. So I remember when I first moved um, from L.A. to San Diego, I, like, the first year, I still went back um, almost every single weekend from what I remember. I went back almost every single weekend to L.A. um, and went to church and hung out with my church friends and did that, like, every weekend. So it was, like, Friday night I would drive up. I'd stay, you know, church was on Saturday. Sunday I would... um, I don't know what I did on Sunday, um, drove back, (laughs) um, and I remember doing, like, this therapy, we did, like, mock therapy with, like, our, we did mock therapy sessions for, like, a, an introduction, an introductory, like, therapy class, um, where you're kind of, like, learning how to practice therapy, and that was the first introduction I ever had to therapy, um, 
outside of like church stuff where it was kind of more like religious based or like spiritual connection kind of based like community spiritual connectedness type of stuff like it wasn't that anymore um but yeah I got pretty involved with um with the I don't know I wasn't really involved in anything actually like I studied I went to school but you know like three years into it I feel like it was kind of like I wasn't able to really manage anything I didn't really have like the sabbath anymore that was kind of keeping me like grounded because that was usually like a 24-hour period where I was no longer studying at all like almost with almost without fail like all my years I'd never really worked or studied on the sabbath so Friday sundown to Saturday sundown I was just like chilling and even if I was going to church I remember before I would leave after church and never hang out because it was like uh sundown like let's go I gotta go study and I would study all Saturday night almost every single Saturday night um and and Sundays too like like pre-grad school I hardly ever really went out that much during college like especially during my bachelor years um I was really um pretty hardcore dedicated student and then once I got into grad school for a doctorate program that's when I kind of stopped doing anything that had to do with spirituality whatsoever um and I you know I I was gaining a lot because I made a lot of great friends um I met a lot of people who were into not so much religion but they were really into like positive relationships like like healthy kind of like relationships and I saw that like and I liked it and I was like well this is different from the church people that I was always around because those people you know were there was a lot of like backstabbing and gossiping and a lot of just like not it wasn't like all the people it wasn't like a hundred percent of the people but it was really hard to know like who do you trust you know and it's like I grew up in that church you know so I I was there long enough to see people come and go so it wasn't like I was coming in there new and I was like oh like I don't know who's who like I saw from the people I grew up with from like age five and on like how people were kind of interacting with each other kind of their take on you know what's socially acceptable and things like that and then I didn't really like it but I was part of you know those social dynamics and I was always like it just never set well with me I was like I wish that there were more authentic relationships I wish that things were a little bit more um you know real and honest and kind of like open communication and then when I stopped being involved with the religion and stopped being involved with those social circles and started being way involved with a very secular environment not not secular to say you know, it's just like scientific not secular to say like I'm not implying that it was like evil people because I know sometimes people use that term to mean that oh we're gonna say secular because you know because they're not religious it's like evil or something I don't mean to imply that in any way I just mean secular to say that you know we talked about science we talked about social sciences we talked about statistics um sometimes we might talk about philosophy and there was a big um value placed on different cultural backgrounds and with that comes like religious and spiritual you kind of kind of like understandings and backgrounds and things like that so um I was kind of connected in that way but it was kind of interesting to me that I was like seeing 
more like I was starting to see way more about um kind of what I wanted to see that I was that I had never really seen too much at the church now the church I went to that was in Westchester that merged in with Hawthorne Church into Torrance you know in in the city of Torrance and then uh, they stay now kind of near the Redondo Beach Torrance kind of border near the pier um and um they're like kind of like off Torrance Boulevard but um kind of but um yeah, that was the church I grew up in. And they bounced buildings a few times, emerged a few times. But, I, you know, I I saw all the negative stuff. And I saw the positive stuff, too. And mind you, I hung out with these people almost every day for, like, most of my life. You know, from, like, age 5 all the way to, like, 10th grade. There were so many people that I would see weekdays for school, Saturday weekend for church, Sunday for sports league. Um, I would see these people all the time. So, you know, it's not like I didn't know them or not like we didn't interact or we didn't know each other. But I I felt like it wasn't really possible to, like, develop too many, like, close relationships. Like, it was like they're close, but it was kind of like, like, kind of like a friend, a friend mentioned this once. So on the same topic. A friend kind of mentioned this once that, like, they went to a church and, like, you know, they start talking about, like, asking people, like, hey, what do you want to, like, share about or talk about or what's on your mind? And then they shared something that was, like, pretty deep. It wasn't, like, a surface level, like, oh, let's, like, pray for, like, healing in the world or let's, like, you know, I, you know, please bless me at work or something like that. It wasn't, like, a, like, a surface level type of thing that they were talking about. They were kind of talking about some deeper topic and they could kind of tell by the energy in the room that people were kind of like put off by it or that they were kind of like judgmental about it and kind of like like it wasn't like socially acceptable in that circle to be talking about like serious actual topics. And so that's kind of like kind of how I would explain it, too. It's kind of like um, I remember there being, um, for example, that there was a there was a like a young couples group, like a young married married couples counseling kind of sabbath school class that they were like you know we when we first moved into the building um they were trying to figure out like who's going to share what rooms cuz there might not be enough rooms for everybody so how are we going to like organize which groups cuz it was mostly by age group or topic like type of like topics that they had the sabbath school groups um arranged kind of like you would with school it was either like by subject or you know kind of like cohort kind of thing um and so once you get to be like a certain age like college age you're no longer like cradle role you're no longer like primaries you're not juniors you're not you know you might be collegiate or you know you're no longer youth um you're no longer like the high school teen group um but there was never really anything for the collegiate group. So you kind of were like, usually that's the age people just left church anyways, in the like their 20s. And so they just would stop going. A lot of them would go to religious um, schools. Um, So they would just stop going. And, um, you know, it was fine that they stopped going. And they were kind of just more like, interested in, um, kind of how would I explain this like they stopped going to the church at that age and there was nothing for them um but then 
you know, if you did stay, you were kind of forced to choose like a group. Like, do you just not go to Sabbath school, which was like before church? Do you just not go and then wait for the service to start when there's like the praise team music and all that? And then after the sermon, just like go home. Like, do you just like not interact and not socialize because there's nobody your age group and just kind of hang out with the married couples, hang out with the people with kids, with, um, you know, with like older kind of adults, like the elderly group? Or do you hang out with like your friends that aren't in the church, but outside of church? Or do you hang out with people who don't go to that church at all, who are like more either other churches or secular, you know, culture of people or you know do you hang out with the younger crowd so it's kind of like that age range between your 20s and up until when you get married there were usually like people that you would just that it was just like an age where people would just never be there until you know they started making things like genesis and other types of services and they purposely made it at like three o'clock so that people could go after church and the people from like the inland empire could like drive out to la um because most churches ended at like 12 or 1 or so and then they could drive out they could get there around like 3 or so three thirty or so and then, you know, the service would end maybe five and then they'd have like a dinner as their potluck around like five, five thirty six ish. And then a lot of us would just stay and hang out because it was like, well, now it's Saturday night. And if you weren't studying, you would just kind of just go out, you know. So when I was not studying, I would go out. And so that was nice. But there was still this issue, you know, that you know, the church I grew up with, the church I grew up in was really kind of, um, not very open-minded. They weren't, I mean, they were more open-minded because it's LA. So like LA Adventist churches are way more open-minded. Like they, they even eat meat, which is like almost unheard of. Like growing up, it wasn't a thing, but I think near my college days, it started becoming more common that you'd see people actually pastors and things like taking their churches out to like lunch and potluck at like soup plantation and like paid like people paying for food and paying for meals on the sabbath um and people like having certain food choices like meats and stuff at all like in in public um because a lot of people ate meat but a lot of people mostly kind of hit it and like you would almost never really eat meat like at church like it wasn't like a thing like even if it was like okay we're gonna go to like a uh like a picnic and everyone bring your own lunch people wouldn't have like chicken or whatever I think one of the first times I ever saw chicken was when um there was a potluck and there was a new kind of teen pastor who came in uh she was in a her kids were like teens but she was like her their mom and she was the pastor and she came in and she was like you know contributing to the potluck she brought like uh you know one of those kfc buckets of chicken and i remember like the line was so long and people were like there's kfc there's kfc and some people were like kind of saying it like in a judgmental way i'm pretty sure because it was like you know it was a very taboo thing and then before I even got through the line, before I even got to the chicken, the chicken was gone. So it's like two things like you would see. It's like people eat the stuff, but then they kind of it's kind of like a taboo thing. But it's like every, a lot of people ate meat like there were more meat eating people than there were like vegans and vegetarians. But, you know, the culture kind of talks a lot about like vegetarianism because of Ellen G. White and all the cultural beliefs and things about like 
meat and health and all the big health message that comes with Adventism. Um, so there was that. Um, so I basically waited, um, until kind of maybe more recently. So, um, but I would say that I really experienced how great, um, that Genesis church was because I was like, well, these people are a little bit different. Um, we can kind of like have like genuine conversations and stuff. And there's like, you know, there's like a trust factor. Like it wasn't like you tell somebody one thing and then the next thing, you know, like you walk into your room and you're like, how does everybody know this? You know, like it was kind of, it wasn't like that. And so, um, it was a little more of like a safer kind of environment, but still it was a little tiny bit gossipy, but you know, we had some, um, interactions where it was like, you know, people were really kind of doing their best. I could tell it wasn't like people were just like dropping the ball and not even trying. But for me, that was the hugest turnoff to church was just that was just like, that people were just like not really like easy to interact with and so I just didn't see it as worth my time anymore I was just like there's no reason to like spend my energy on all this um so there was that there was um so that was like when there was a yeah, so so I went from that age range, um, early 20s, um, into, like, my early 30s, into, you know, when I was, like, in San Diego, and, you know, I stopped kind of, like, participating in the religion. I tried when I first moved to San Diego, and I was like, man, these churches are, like, a step back from the LA churches, even, like, it was like, man, I feel like we're going back to, like, 1980-something, like, with the way people were, like, you know, they were reading from, like, the Sabbath school quarterlies, and it was very just, like, stiff as a board kind of thing. It was, like, very traditional. It wasn't really my style. The food was amazing. They always had, um, they merged with, like, a Korean Adventist church, or a church that, I think it was a Korean Adventist church, so they had a Korean service and an English service, but the Korean people always cooked, and it was, like, legit Korean food, and I was, like, oh my gosh, like, this is, like, amazing, and so, honestly, I only really went because I was, like, I had nothing better to do, because it was before I really knew people in San Diego, so the, the weekends when I would stay in San Diego, I would go to that church, thinking, okay, I'm going to meet people, and this is going to be just like it was in LA, and this is just going to be the people I know are going to be the church people, and then the school people I don't really interact with too much, um, but that didn't really happen, I didn't really like the church too much, it wasn't really worth my energy to drive, it was all the way up, like, like, Ted Williams or something, like, 20, maybe like 20, 25, 25, 30-ish minutes away from the house, that wasn't really worth driving there just to, like, go, but, um, I, you know, I like the food, um, <clears throat> and I met someone else who was Adventist in San Diego that, you know, that person was not very pleasant, um, so my experience moving, um, to another city made it kind of harder in a way, because I mostly was used to socializing through, like, the church, 
And so, not that I didn't socialize with people, because in grad school, I socialized with people too, but it was like, I was still kind of like practicing a religion that's very like different from like mainstream culture. So I wasn't going out on Friday nights too much. And if I did, if I did make an exception, because it was like a birthday or something special, you know, because that was the first time when I started like prioritizing like my friends and other stuff over like church and like religious traditions and things. So I remember I, um, like maybe there were, I remember my friend Luz and some other friends were, you know, they, they had birthdays and things and, you know, everyone celebrates on like a Friday night or whatever. And I was still studying on like Saturday nights. And so, um, you know, I only really had Friday nights off and then, um, you know, so, you know, and usually I would spend it doing like church related stuff. And so, um, when I didn't have to do that anymore, or when I kind of fell away from like doing it and wasn't really interested in doing it anymore, I, I kind of started like hanging out more with my, with my, you know, grad school friends in LA and, you know, I got to know them really well. Um, I started kind of, you know, going on dates and doing stuff that was like not really, you know, Friday night type of things that you would do, you know, going out to maybe a club or a bar on occasion you know, eating things that had pork in it, like, there, there were a lot of things that I had never really done, but the main reason was because I was with a religion of people that never did it either, so it was kind of like, it's not that I never, like, tasted bacon or anything, but it was like, it wasn't like a part of, like, my life, it was just like, I would actively avoid it, unless, like, somebody happened to put it in, and it was just going to be, like, too wasteful, like, throw out whatever the meal was or whatever, you know, I wasn't gonna, like, throw a fit if, like, I ordered split pea soup and it has, like, little pieces of ham in it. I'm not gonna be like, how dare you, you know, but, um, you know, and, like, throw it away or something, but, like, I, I'd, I'd probably pick them out or, like, something like that. Like, I would just actively go out of my way to, like, not eat it or not order. Like, I would always ask certain burgers, you know, does it have, like, pork or bacon, you know, certain things, like, McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. I wouldn't eat the ones, you know, I'd order it without any sausages, no bacon, no nothing, you know, I never really ate pork, um, ramen, the same, you know, I wouldn't really eat the ramen, I wouldn't really eat shrimp, uh, I ate ramen, but, and, and I know the broth is pork, but it was kind of more, for me, that was kind of more of a, a cultural thing, because where I lived in Torrance, there were, there's such a heavy Japanese influence, it was just kind of odd to, like, not eat ramen, like, it was just kind of one of those things, and on occasion, like, shrimp or, like, crab, like, if it was in, like, a California roll, stuff like that, where it's just, like, to me, it was kind of, like, a cultural thing, it was, like, and I grew up in, like, it was kind of, like, a subculture, a subcultural thing, like, I'm not Japanese, but, I mean, I, I grew up around, like, a lot of Japanese influence, and so, you know, certain things you just kind of, you know, I was just, I just did it just because it was like, that's just how I'm doing things. Um, but I did try to like avoid it too. Like I would maybe not eat like the chashu pork pieces or like, you know, like I'd take off the, if it was something I could like avoid eating, I would avoid it. Um, and kind of the same with the Sabbath, you know, it was like, I kept the Sabbath unless it was like, you know, like, like I was saying, I'd make exceptions for like special people in my life that didn't really keep the Sabbath only later in life only like during grad school and things like that when I started realizing like hey you know I value these people and I feel like pushing them off isn't really making our relationship stronger or never hanging out with anybody on a Friday night when you know I'm trying to get to know these people it's hard to do when I don't really 
ever hang out with them. Um, and that seemed to be the night everyone would want to go out more so than Saturday night. And I was used to going out Saturday night. So there was that. Um, and then, yeah, so after that, I kind of fell away from everything pretty much and then started kind of getting more into the relationships I had with the people who were completely outside of that church. And then anytime they would learn about it was mostly from me, you know, I would tell them about, you know, and I, I kind of like kept it mostly to myself. Like I I would say I was raised in like a Christian denomination, things like that. But I mean, a lot of people who aren't raised in Adventism don't really understand that it's not like other denominations of Christianity. It's kind of its own thing. Like life, even like I explained, like food choices are pretty, you know, dictated by the religion. Um, you know, kind of the days you go out, the the places you go out to, like theaters, bars, clubs, things like that. You don't really go to like movies, bars and clubs and stuff like that. Like, um, you can do a lot of sports and stuff like that, but it's like weekends, you don't really do the same types of activities either. So, just all that together is, you know, just in general, like I, I would say it's very almost, so I would say it's very similar to mainstream Christianity in that, um, you know, there are a lot of kind of like Jewish cultural kind of traditions that get brought up into that denomination more so than others, unless you're thinking like Messianic Jewish um churches those are the only ones that are really like they really practice like jewish traditions and they believe in jesus versus you know adventists they practice the sabbath and just by default of not really having a tradition of eating meat they just by default default don't eat certain like biblically unclean meats um so if you are going to eat meat as an Adventist, you usually don't eat traditionally. You know, you if you were practicing, you wouldn't really eat those types of foods. Um, and, you know, some people take it like a pretty far distance. Um, <clears throat> and some people are just kind of casual about it. Like, ah, if it has a piece of bacon, I'm not going to like, you know, <laughs> roll my eyes or anything. But I mean... You know, I'm not going to like throw out a full on burger, but some people would, they would be like, I'm throwing this whole thing away. I'm going to complain to the manager or like, you know, they're going to like make a fuss over it. Or there's a funny, there's a funny YouTube video. You should look it up. Um, it's called Bad Adventist. I don't know if it's called Badventist or Bad Adventist, but it's like Bad Adventist or something like that or Adventist alert. It's like a fake funny comedy skit about an app where it's like this app is it will tell you that adventists are nearby so if you're doing anything that's not acceptable um then it'll alert you so you can change your behaviors and not get like caught so i'll I'll just spoil it um basically it shows like you know it's on the sabbath and the kids are like at home by themselves playing like with trading cards, like baseball cards or whatever. And then the mom comes back into the room or into the house. And then like, they they're playing with like, these cars that are like, you know, people who are like, you know, Adventist 
you know, like, prophets or Adventist, like, figures that, like, you know, had a lot of writings or a lot of history in the, in the church, um, you know, so, you know, it was, like, you're playing with, like, biblical cards versus, like, and, and like, religious cards versus, like, sports, you know, (laughs) or, like, there's one where they, you know, the pizza comes and then, um, it has like bacon and ham or like some sorts of pork on it and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, it comes to the table and there happens to be another Adventist that joined this main character at the table. And, um, the, the waiter saying like, like, oh yeah, like here's your pizza. And then they're like, I didn't order that. And then they're like, yeah, you did. Remember you told me just put as much meat or as much sausage as is humanly possible or something like that. And then they're like, well, you could avoid this if you had Adventist alert. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like, you know, just because you have the um, the app, it's supposed to help you to kind of avoid those kind of things. But it's just kind of that's just kind of how it is. In all honesty, that's it's a funny example that like that is a thing in Adventism that like there's a lot of judgment around like not keeping the traditions and a lot of the traditions aren't even really biblical traditions it's just people aren't keeping the traditions and so um you know because they don't want to and a lot of it's not like necessarily like biblical so there are a lot of things that are backed by either the Bible or by LNG White writings, but I'd say to that extent, if you're not following all the LNG White writings, like the Desire of Ages, the stuff in there about the history and the, you know, there's like added information, like it's like devotionals that are like added information that you don't find in the Bible, but it's like um, considered like historical historical information that was given to Ellen G. White by God that was, you know, just thought-provoking additional information. Um, So everybody who's Adventist would say it doesn't necessarily matter if you would consider Ellen G. White a prophet or not, but she is one of the founders of the church, and she... Um, and she herself, as well as every Adventist would say, you know, never put any of her writings or her books above the Bible. And if you don't even like touch her books or don't even read them or don't learn from them or anything, then okay, that's, that's okay. Like you're not going to like be necessarily like condemned or anything if you like don't want to read it, but it's just part of the traditions that according to the tradition, she was um, given these prophetic visions and wrote, and she was, um, like, at a young age, there was some kind of mischievous kid who, like, hit her in the head with a rock, and so she basically was ill because of that, um, there were some sick, sickness issues that she had that, like, she couldn't really, do a lot of things that the other kids could do. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but there are some things where they say, like, like, some scientists would say that she was, like, maybe she had, like, catatonic kind of episodes, and then some other people would say, no, like, it wasn't catatonia, it was 
you know, like a, it was part of like when God would give her visions or, you know, something like that, like she would write. And so there was something different about like, I don't know if it was because of the rock hitting her in the head that she wasn't really able to write or speak properly or whatever, whatever it was that she wasn't able to do properly. Um, the writings that you see coming from her are way beyond what they should have been. Um, as far as like intellect and as far as like, you know, grammar, as far as like everything there. And, and there were some times where they said at least once that she was like, there was like a gigantic, like, huge like back then like in the 1800s or so these books there were these books that were like bibles that were they were bible books but they were like way thicker than the than the thin ones we have now like it was like one of those huge thick giant heavy ones that she was holding out on her arm for like I don't know how long for quite a lengthy amount of time to the point where people said that, you know, like, she's a prophet, and, like, there's no way that these things would be happening other than if God was giving her these kind of, like, gifts and visions and strength and, like, all these kind of things, but she herself was also saying, like, you don't have to follow me, you don't have to listen to me, but the information that she wrote about, most of it was, the the focus of most of it was, like, healthy lifestyle, healthy living, so books like The Adventist Home, they talk about, um, like, you know, like reasons why it uh, is preferred to live in the country versus the city, like the psychological, emotional benefits of of living in one environment versus the other or eating certain foods versus not eating certain foods or keeping the Sabbath versus not keeping the Sabbath. Like a lot of things that are almost proven too scientifically that um, it does promote a better lifestyle and they do say that Adventist Americans in general tend to live seven years longer because of the health choices that they have um, as a whole. So I'm not going to say every Adventist is super healthy because that's not the truth. I mean, just because you're eating veggie meat doesn't mean that it's healthier than the meat that's in the stores and, you know, some good meats and stuff. So, you know, Adventists, you know, they have their own um, brands and products by Loma Linda and things like that. So, um, so yeah, so there's that. And then, so that's basically how Adventism is different from mainstream, uh, if you say like non-denominational Christians who worship on Sundays, uh, go to church on Sundays rather not that you can't worship on a Sunday, but um, it's kind of interesting, like, I've said this before, that, like, Adventists would almost, you you almost never see Adventists going to church on Easter Sunday, just because it's so traditional to not go to church on Sunday, um, so usually, even for Easter, Adventists might celebrate Easter and practice things at home, but they technically don't have church services on Sundays, from what I know, it's not traditional to really have them, there might be church services that are done, but most Adventist churches don't do that, um, so there's that. There's also, um, so in addition to the, um, I guess the church, um, and the actual Adventist church believes um, I would say that the only similar type of denominations I would say would be like maybe Seventh-day Baptists. And then if you want to take it like the super conservative route, 
um, maybe, like, maybe groups like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are kind of similar, almost, like, almost because they kind of have separate books and separate writings and separate teachings and traditions that Adventists don't really keep, that nobody else really keeps, um, so Adventists have Ellen G. White's writings, and there is also kind of, like, you know, a theory that goes around that, um, that Adventist writings aren't, weren't written by Ellen G. White, and it was John or James or whoever the, I don't know, her husband or whoever that guy is, um, his, it was him who wrote it instead, um, now, I wasn't raised way too much with, you know, knowing about Ellen G. White. Um, in our household, we had books, you know, we had the Desire of Ages that I got for my baptism. Um, I think we had another older copy in the house. We had The Great Controversy in the house. That's the book that's cool. It's about, um, it, it talks a lot about, like, the life of Lucifer, like, before he came to Earth. So, like, the turmoil that he caused in heaven that, you know, where there were like the fallen angels that came. Um, so that, that book, if you want something exciting to read, the desire, the, um, the great controversy is a pretty cool book. And I think we also have patriarchs and prophets. We had, um, uh, the Adventist home that I didn't start reading till like later. The Adventist home almost reminds me of like Mennonite or Amish, kind of text where it's kind of like man you can just almost see the horses and buggies you know like when you're reading that stuff it's like it's interesting it talks about like courting and like you know different sort of like um environments where you would go out with your friends and stuff and like why it's not the best for like youth to be alone and how you should have like the sacred circle as your home and um you know with like healthy relationships between family members and why the wife should do this thing or the kids should do these things and the the husband should be this way it talks about like financial stability and maybe not buying too many things and not getting into debt and you know living like a humble kind of lifestyle simplistically um it talks about all sorts of different topics for me it's more the details when it starts getting into certain details I was like ah, I don't know but I mean overall I kind of like the topics that it touches on and I kind of like that it tries to guide like okay like these things are healthier than what's going on in mainstream American culture um but it is a very American um denomination um and it came in you know from like 1844 so you know people have heard about the great disappointment October 22nd of 1844 um the religion came out of that. So, um, it's not that old of a denomination, honestly, but it is pretty different. But the main focus that's different with Adventism is the focus on, you know, trying to live healthy. It's it's like the health message that comes across in Adventism. It, you don't really see that push so much at other churches, um, yeah, they're going to tell you, you know, what to do, you know, to, you know, have a good spiritual life and everything and social interactions, but they don't usually talk too detailed on, you know, what you should eat, what you should, you know, all, all like the days you should take off and stuff like that. 
But Adventists do take it to another level. It's not just like recommended. It's like we are doing this and people kind of hold you accountable too. Um, in a judgmental way. I mean, let's be real. Like it's not like it's not like they're holding you accountable being like, oh, like, hey, step aside, brother. Let me talk to you about this. It's kind of just like, oh, I see you're eating some bacon over there. Like it's kind of like, all right, dude, like mind your own business. But um. It's kind of funny, though, because it's like all the stuff that people get on each other about is stuff that everybody's doing anyways. And so there's just this I don't want to call it hypocritical, but it's definitely judgmental and definitely just like, you know, let's look in. The, let's look at the at the speck in everybody's eye while I got a log sticking out over here. Like it's definitely that verse definitely speaks to that. Um, but you know, it's not all negative, but it is, there is a lot of room for judgment and not a lot of room for acceptance and being open about things because you're so used to being so like, oh, if I'm struggling with something, you kind of learn early on that like the church is not the place to really let people know that you're having struggles with things. Um, and if they find out, then they will prayerfully try to help you by praying gossiply and and gossip to like everybody about what you're doing it's like you know like I've had friends that you know were you know getting into prostitution or drugs or you know you know having premarital sex having kids and things like that and you know of course people didn't keep their mouth shut about it and everybody knew because people were talking so it was you know like I would know because they were like my friends but I would never really like say anything but then you know, eventually, like, so many people would know, and I'm like, how do you know if I know it was just me and these three other people who knew, and maybe that person's parents, you kind of think, okay, your parent isn't going to throw you under the bus, so somebody told, one of the friends told, you know, so it's kind of like, there would be a lot of that going on, um, and a lot of just, like, you know, people always asking about other people, how's this person, how's so-and-so, you know, And, like, I heard that they, I heard this and this and that about them, you know, like, they tried to, like, act like they care, but then it was, to me, that's just not healthy. Like, I'm just like, you know, like, if you, I started having to tell people, you know, if you, if you want to, you know, know how they're doing, I can give you their number or back then, like, their email address or Facebook or whatever. Like, I can give you their contact information and you can ask them yourself, you know, and, you know. Most of the time, people would never reach out to somebody else. And so that that was just something that I found interesting that was just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> you know, like, here we go. Um, but yeah, so th- there was that. But I would say, so I say all that to say that, um, you know, I'd say maybe this year, last year, um, I started, you know, getting into a job that was finally like less stressful. So I started, you know, getting more interested in like spiritual things again. Um, not necessarily Adventist things, but I would say, you know, I really found the Hollywood Adventist church, um, in LA, not the Florida one. Not that I, I don't know the Florida one. I'm just saying there is one in Florida and that's not the one I'm talking about. The one in LA, um, I started getting more, um, attached to it or more um interested in it you know just because it was like it was something familiar but they're more open-minded you know I've mentioned before they have like 
um, trans people that are, you know, in their congregation and that are part of the service and they don't like hold people back based on like their ethnicity or their, you know, their gender or their sexual identity or their gender identity or their age or, you know, their, um, you know, beliefs or their cultural backgrounds or, you know, their financial status. They don't really play favorites. I notice a lot of churches kind of um, tend to value like education, like who who's a doctor, who's a nurse, who finished school and got these degrees or who who did, you know, I don't know. It's a bunch of stuff about like who like where you went to school. Did you go to an Adventist university? Are you a theology major? Different things that you start seeing that were like that, that were not really seen um by every like not everybody would meet that criteria right and so they kind of like would kind of choose favorites it was like if you come to church a lot and you pay your tithes and you do this and do that then like you kind of are asked to do more things because you're already doing more things and then I remember I would do like praise teams on occasion and stuff like they would have me organizing it and I remember I would just call up anybody who would want to do it I was like I don't care if you come here that much or not like if I know that you could probably get here and get to practice and, you know, whatever, and get to church and you seem like you're interested in singing, I'm going to call you up and get you on there. And, you know, I got, you know, I got people talking to me about it. They were like, you know, maybe you shouldn't um, invite certain people. And I'm like, hey, you know, I don't really care <laughs> if they want to do it. I'm going to I'm going to make sure they get to do it. So. I didn't really want to, like, exclude anybody, but I could tell that they had, like, a standard for, like, exclusion, and that just wasn't something that interested me. I was like, why? I'm, I tried to be friends with, like, everybody at that church. Um, not that I was, like, close friends with everybody, but I tried to be, like, you know, good with everybody there. Like, it was never my intention to be, like, a jerk or a gossipy kind of, like, scandalous kind of person like I've got my own crap that I deal with and I'm like let me just work on myself like I got my own stuff that I got to deal with I don't have energy to be trying to deal with other people you know act like their problems are are my problems and let me try to like focus on their issues like yeah I want to be supportive and be there for people if that's what they want but I don't want to be like you know, spreading all the good news about their whole life, you know, if it's really not good news, I don't really want to be sharing it and spreading it to everybody, you know, I had a rabbi friend who would say that's an infection, like, it's like, it's an, it's an infection, I'm like, yes, it is, that's exactly, it's a freaking infection, um, but that's kind of how I would describe, um, just in general, up until recently, um, kind of my Adventist experience, if you will, like, um, on here, like, you know, most of it's just, like, podcasting, I don't tend to really say, like, how I identify with, like, any denominations or religions, I'm perfectly fine not really, like, saying, like, oh, I'm this, or I'm that, or whatever, um, I'm perfectly fine just living my life, but I know sometimes people need to feel that they're connected to people, or, but, you know, I feel like, sometimes it's just my own opinion that sometimes you know um talking about a denomination and as from like that denomination's traditional perspective kind of excludes a lot of people because it's very preachy 
you know, I'm not really here to be like telling people what they should or shouldn't believe. Um, I just like talking about like, you know, it's, it's called like theory and theology because that's what I like to talk about. It's just like theories and theologies and different sorts of traditions that kind of like you see it in, in the social cultural aspect of, you know, of a denomination, especially, you know, the cool part about Adventism is that it's such a social denomination and it's so, um, like, um, like I was saying, like you interact often and especially if you're pretty involved, you're interacting very often. Like I knew people who, you know, outside of church at all, like who weren't even Adventists, who weren't like, you know, anything growing up, um, they were, they, a lot of them, you know, they had friends and stuff, but there aren't that many people that you meet that can say, yeah, I've known these people since I was a kid, like a young kid, you know, since I was like five or whatever. And like our families are still in touch and they're still friends. And like, you know, maybe they're not like besties or, you know, they don't talk to each other every day or anything, but it's like, there's still like a community sense of community. And I feel like in a big city, you don't really get that as much as you would. Maybe it's almost like equivalent to growing up in a small town where it's like people know each other. They grew up together. They spend a lot of time together. People have their roles and their status and stuff like that, which, you know, like I'm not saying that I believe in all that, but that's just kind of how things socially would unfold. Um, and people would allow it because that was like acceptable according to like, you know, nobody would ever really say that it's not okay I think Genesis Church was the first church where I ever went where there's a pastor that came up and spoke and was just like it is not okay for people to be talking crap about people it is not okay for you to be up on Facebook just like blasting people and like talking crap and all this kind of stuff it's like if you're part of this church and you're part of this church family I will come up here every time and I will tell you that it's not okay like they're not gonna kick people out and stuff but they were like it's not okay you know and so they addressed it in a very mature way I thought and I wish that more churches would do that I hope more churches do I don't really know if they will but yeah that was kind of just how um you know, how I kind of, um, I don't want to say evolved in a way to, like, make it sound like it's better, but I mean, um, that's kind of how things, like, unfolded in my life up until near this point where I'm at now, um, but this is getting lengthy, and I didn't think it was going to take that long to explain the background of things, I kind of went way more in depth with it than I thought I would. So, um, I don't know. Whenever I start talking about Adventism, I get a little venty about it. So, um, yeah. So, I would say the next part, I'll talk more about, like, um, you know, prayer and spirituality and kind of, like, the more, um, kind of more, like, tangible things. I don't even know if they're really tangible because it's, like... To me, it doesn't make any sense. To me, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And the reason why I say that is because I'm the least religiously involved that I've ever probably been in my life in a weird way. Like, I'm not, like, too involved in, like, an organized religion. Like, there are things that I dabble with that I kind of, like, think that I should be doing, like paying tithe and you know, like, as far as the services are concerned, like, going into a service, I don't really go to a regular service where I'm, like, 
trying to interact and socialize with others. I don't really do that um, for, like, quite a few years now. Like, I, I go to church when I feel like it, but usually I feel like I don't... I'd rather spend that time by myself and not really interact because I have such a social job where it's, like, you know, I'm talking to people all the time, and, I you know, I really value my time by myself a lot. Uh, I don't really want to be burdened by other people's problems sometimes. Like, I'm very picky. Like, I have friends that I'm, like, friends and family that I'm, like, or friends that are family that I'm just, like, these people I prioritize in my life, you know, if they try to call me, I'll try to pick up, unless I really just can't, if I'm just, like, I'm just, sometimes I'm just going through it, and I know that I'm not going to be of any use to anybody anyways, it's, like, sometimes I'm just, like, I... I, you know, need, I, I need to do what I need, you know, kind of like they say in the airplane, like, put the mask on yourself before you try to, like, help other people put theirs on, you know, you don't want to all be suffocating together, like, um, and so, you know, on occasion, I am kind of in a phase like that, more so lately than, than, um, before, but, um, I think stepping outside of the mainstream religion has actually helped me to kind of, um, see things with my eyes and experience and witness things in life without relying on so much focus on like the words and like oh this word was changed to this in like the 1600s and that's why this tradition is that way and you know all the like text and you know detail of the letter um and you know debating about like what's changed and all this kind of thing um and I probably didn't mention that you know I used to go to this group called teen rap where like we would um it was almost like a debate style with like bible topics like the youth pastor did like a debate style of things um and so um yeah so there's that but yeah, I would say that the side that I'm kind of more on lately is more like just trying to observe and keep my eyes open and getting kind of a bit out of the intellectual part of my brain with like religion and spiritual things and getting kind of out of like the traditions that I was kind of raised with. Not that they're bad. I feel like I'm kind of taking in more of the stuff that I never really... Um, like, I'm, I'm kind of taking in the stuff that I notice is valuable to me that I feel like, okay, I'm kind of almost called in my life to kind of try to, try to, like, gel with, like, I can gel with this, you know? Um, there's certain stuff, not everything, but there's certain stuff, like, you know, trying to be, you know, a little more Sabbath observant, a little more, like, I'm still gonna go out, like, I, you know, I'm not gonna avoid that, really, but I mean... I'm trying to, you know, if I feel like it's something I feel like I need to do for myself, then yes, I'll try to do it um, and try to be more in tune with kind of like what I learned in, you know, my upbringing and like through being involved in a church for so long that's so detailed and everything about like every aspect of how it could benefit your life, trying to take out the beneficial parts that I notice are beneficial to me and that I find beneficial to me um, and that I feel called to do and if I feel burdened by it, I usually don't push too much. But for me, there is like a fine line between like feeling burdened by something, but feeling like I need to do it versus 
pushing myself to do it. It's kind of like almost, almost kind of the same relationship I have with like working out. Like, especially when I'm doing like exercise routines where I'm not like playing sports with friends or like hiking or at the beach or something, but I'm just like in my bedroom, just, just working out to work out, just working out because I know it's like a healthy thing to do. Um, I'd say that is almost equivalent sometimes where it's like I know I need to do this but I really don't feel like it I'm not motivated to do it but sometimes I'll just do it so that's kind of how I feel about that um those kind of like traditional things sometimes it's like sometimes I know that that's what my mind and body is like saying like you need to do this because you'll feel better because it'll help you versus like I really just don't want to do this and it's not going to make a difference if I do or not. <laughs> like, so when I kind of have that kind of mode where it's like, I really just don't want to do something, I just kind of don't do it, you know? Um, and you know, that's just where I am at with things. And I feel like for me, that's just better. Um, I, you know, I push in other things. There are some things that I'm trying to push with lately that are a lot harder to push on um, than, like, you know, not eating pork or keeping the Sabbath and that kind of stuff. Like, it's just stuff that's more um, kind of based on um, kind of, like, like I was saying, like, tangible, like, spirituality, um, more spiritual-based, not so much religious and doctrine-based, but more, like, kind of, like, what am I noticing in the world around me? So, um, I'll get into that next. Um, I'm not really going to spend, I, I think I'm trying to see if I've kind of like gotten it all out of my system because <laughs> I don't want to record a whole additional clip about this again. Um, but I think I've, I've brought things up to speed with like the background of kind of where I'm coming from and, kind of how things have changed in my life um in general like with the religious stuff like since childhood probably up until like now um I would and so um yeah I'll get let me get into talking about like some of the like I was saying the more tangible stuff that's kind of a lot more um based on what I actually want to talk about, um, because we're just over an hour now, so, um, all right, and thanks for listening.